0: Welcome back to So Money, everyone. Thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Well, ahead of introducing today's wonderful guest, I have to quickly share with you the charity fundraiser and competition that's going to be going on all month here at So Money the entire month of November in tandem with a charity fundraiser forward slash competition going on with Josal Sihai's podcast, Stacking Benjamins. And to tell us all about that, I brought on Joe. And Joe, here you go. What, take the mic. You, you invited me onto this little fundraiser of yours and I'm, I'm excited, but also a little nervous.
2: Farnoosh, I'm way excited that we're doing this together. You know, uh, we can raise a bunch of money for charity. And I love this at the end of the year with Thanksgiving. For people in the United States, we end the month of November with uh, Thanksgiving. And I thought, what a great way for our community to help another community that might need it. So we are going to be raising money for the Texas 4000, which is a 4000 mile bike ride that University of Texas students take to raise money for cancer research and, and cancer-related causes, uh, I know that they give a lot of money to MD Anderson Hospital, one of the premier uh, cancer treatment clinics in the United States, in Houston, Texas. And then they also give it to worthwhile uh, research facilities around the nation. So we're going to be raising money at, at, at stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Texas4000. And it's cool because our organization, Farnoosh, has a lot in terms of where the money goes a lot in common with who mm-hmm. you're raising money yes. for. Talk to that for a minute.
0: Well, thank you. That was a nice transition. So I have chosen, our team here at So Money has chosen, the largest student-run philanthropy in the world, near and dear to my heart as well because I was a part of this when I was in college. It's the Penn State IFC Panhellenic Dance Marathon. It's affectionately known as THON, and it's a year-long effort to raise money and awareness for the fight against pediatric cancers. It's raised over $125 million for the Four Diamonds Fund at Penn State Hershey Children's Hospital. And next year's THON 2016 is what we are fundraising for now, and that will be taking place February 19th through the 21st. It's a 46-hour dance marathon. I did it. And I survived. It was uh, life altering. uh, But of course, it's for an amazing, tremendous and important cause. Thon.org forward slash so money. Thon.org forward slash so money is where you can go to contribute. I know it's high season for canning and this is a way to join in on the fun. Anything you can do, know that it will be well spent. Over 95% of funds go to the families.
2: That's so great. And the writer that we're writing for, uh, who's writing in the Texas 4000, her name is Shelby Schroeder her father was a single dad raising her farnoosh and when she was in high school he started feeling bad went to the doctor it turned out he had terminal cancer and he passed away when she was just in high school hmm. so here she is without a dad and now she decided she's going to ride this 4,000 mile bike ride in honor of him and they spend no money on the bike ride uh, all the food along the way all the housing along the way is donated so i love these organizations yeah. but stackingbenjamins.com forward slash texas four zero zero zero. And and I hope together we can raise a lot of money.
0: I think we will. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. Welcome back to So Money, everyone. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Thanks for joining me. Very excited to introduce today's guest. She and I go way back. Her name is Alex Steele. Many of you may not know this, but she and I were the first two women hired to work at thestreet.com TV where she and I covered the markets. We interviewed CEOs. We did many of videos with Jim Kramer. You can probably find the archives on YouTube. And, and by the way, Jim Kramer was on so many, uh, about a couple of weeks ago. I'm so thrilled, so proud to see Alex now reach amazing heights in her career. She's now a star anchor at Bloomberg News, where she anchors Bloomberg markets from 12 to two every day, and then she co-hosts What'd You Miss, which is Bloomberg's flagship markets program. It airs weekdays from four to five o'clock. If you're a financial nerd, you wanna watch this show. Alex lives in Brooklyn, where she and her husband raise a beautiful little girl born just around the time Evan was born. We have yet to organize that play date, but it is on the to-do list. List, And in this upcoming interview, we catch up on old times, talk about the day that she made more money than she ever thought possible, how she got out of $15,000 worth of debt on her own, living on cash only, $10 a day, and as the breadwinner now in her marriage, strategies for creating financial security. Here is the lovely Alex Steele. Alex Steele, my friend. Welcome back. Well, welcome to the show. Welcome (laughs) back into my life. It's been quite a while since we've connected. We've both become moms. Careers have been going crazy. Congratulations on everything. Can't wait to catch up. Welcome back to my life and welcome to So Money. (laughs) Thank you. Good to chat with you. Miss you. I know. I miss you, too. I was just saying in the introduction that we go way back. I think 2006 was when we first met. I was new at the street.com you just started working there we were the first two women hired for that unit running the show really running the show like of course we had some help but um we it was a very small it was like a startup within an established company at the street.com where we were just tasked with trying to create cool stories uh chase stories about whatever was happening in the financial world, interviewing Jim Cramer every day, which is its own feat. By the way, if listeners, check out his interview on So Money. You're at Bloomberg now. like Basically, it's the Alex Steele channel. <laughs> <laughs> no, hardly.
1: But yes, I am at Bloomberg TV. Uh, I anchor uh, three hours of programming, and it is a lot of work, and it is a lot of fun.
0: Tell me about your day. Because when we were at TheStreet.com, it was an early start, but it was I know it was pretty manageable because I remember at the same time you were also – you had um, a career – not a career, but you had a lot of work in the theater world as well. You were simultaneously doing work at com and directing plays and acting. So I don't imagine you can ha- have time to do that anymore. But tell us about your day now as uh, a very busy anchor woman at Bloomberg. Yeah. So uh, the alarm goes off
1: at 5.30 – Uh, I work pretty much straight till seven. I love my research reports. So I, I, like read as many as I can until seven. So sometimes it's like 16, 17, sometimes it's four, depending on how big they are. And I kind of take notes as I go. And some of them are for that show today. And some of them are just for like, oh, this is really cool. I come on to a segment on this and others. I love commodities. I've been working with commodities as a reporter for at least, I think, eight years at this point. So I always go to them, read the reports, make sure I'm on top of everything. Then at 7, my daughter gets up and I go and I say, hi, we sing good morning, we have breakfast. Uh, I give her lots of love, we brush our teeth. And then I usually leave the house around 7.45 and I get to work at 8.30 and pretty much do not even leave my desk until 515 uh, if I can break to go get food upstairs, it's like kind of a little miracle. Um, and it's just like straight, it's just like cram, 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 get, get in there. Do you do the 12 to two, come out of it, cram, 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 go to the four to five. And then like, it's, five oh one you get to have a moment and you get to
0: breathe so you're not like online shopping at work and like Most going for lunch definitely not online
1: shopping people are like oh well you know you get to have lunch and I'm like no girl does not get to have lunch I get to bring my own food and heat up soup like that is what I get to do <laughs>
0: well look, good thing Bloomberg takes care of its workers you guys have a very yeah. <laughs> nice uh snack bar we do get free snacks so that's cool <laughs> uh that's kind of the culture of bloomberg it's a it's a hardcore place to work and and i say that with a lot of respect because i think Bloomberg does a great job of delivering the news
1: you work hard and then they pay you for it i mean at the end mm-hmm. of the day it's not like you're working there for free and they do take care of you and they make it easy for you to do that it's just a very intense it's like a mini marathon every day that's wow. how it feels uh
0: are you gonna burn out yeah um no i think i how think do you i have stay a- energetic.
1: Um, A, I don't have a choice. B, it's like the mom adrenaline. Like if someone had told me before I had a baby that I'd be doing this much work on this little sleep, I would have been like, you're crazy. That's not possible. Uh, But I realized that it is because mm. then you like you don't have time to like, get wiped out because then on the weekends, you got to hang with your kids. I don't see her as much as I want to during the week. So You just do the best you can. Also, my husband's really amazing and he's so supportive and so great. And I get my Saturday mornings to sleep in. And that's like, that's like my thing. If I don't get that my whole life is is whacked out.
0: <laughs> so a lot of people may not know this because I use aliases in my book, but if I may now expose you, I, interview- do. <laughs> I interviewed you for when she makes more, one of my amazing, generous female uh, subjects in the book who uh, makes more than her husband. And prior to, The book coming out, um, you were, you weren't even pregnant yet, I don't think, or maybe you were just about to, uh, announce your pregnancy. And yeah, you were pregnant because you were telling me that. You were concerned about having your child, keeping your hours at work, and maybe even getting busier at work. How would that work out? As also the breadwinner, a lot of pressure. So fast forward now, it's, you know, your baby's born, she's here, you're working. It sounds like you're not just surviving, but you're thriving. Did it work out better than you expected?
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, yes, yes, absolutely, 100%. It helped a lot that when I got back to work, I was put into a role fairly quickly as an anchor of a show, so that was great, and then it set a schedule for me, so it wasn't like one day going at six, one day going at four, one day going at seven, one day going at four. That would have been pretty traumatic, but this way I got somewhat of a set schedule, and it got easier and easier. I don't deal that well with change, <laughs> so good thing I had a baby. Um, so each, <laughs> each each schedule change at work kind of takes a transition period for me to get used to, but once I get into some kind of routine, it, everything gets much more manageable, and you know, you're like amazed at what you do with less. It's like amazing what your brain can do.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. A few more questions before we get to the standard so many questions, because I find what you're doing and how you've arrived at your career and your role as a mom is so impressive. Um, I remember when you, when I first met you, you were, uh, you just sort of been working, um, in theater mostly. And yes. now you were, you are here, you are at the com. You were assigning our, um, you were basically like our assignment editor and you were keeping the place like running because we needed someone to help us. And then you really, Took on this new role there, which was reporter and then anchor. And then basically when I left, you were running the show, <laughs> like, seemed like single-handedly. Did you think that this would be your life? Like, what's, <laughs> no. how, what was your mindset back then? What were your goals? And then at what point did you realize, you know what? I'm going to be okay with making these shifts. Cause they were, these were pretty big shifts, you know, Very to go huge. from theater to that. Um,
1: yeah. So a little bit about, um, my thing is that I went to college for theater. I went to Northwestern uh, for theater. I quickly switched to directing uh, my sophomore year, uh, loved it, graduated, and then I was basically just doing the jobs I could do in order to help my directing career. Um, I was really not in a good financial situation. Um, I had been working at a law firm for four years at night, and I was doing some theater stuff on the side. And then I got this gig at the street. um, And to me, that was like the best job ever because my salary went up. Like it was a new career. It felt like amazing. And it also afforded me the opportunity to do a lot more theater as well. So I was working basically You know, full time at the street, I'd leave most nights, go to rehearsals until like 10, 1030. All my weekends were spent with rehearsals. All my vacations went to tech week and stuff for rehearsals and the show and all that. So that was a pretty high burnout rate. Uh, And then sort of, I guess, two years in, uh, they forced me to like go on camera, literally forced me to like do stuff. Wait,
0: what? Tell me about that. I don't remember that. Uh, You don't remember that?
1: So uh, we had a, so I was pretty, I got bored pretty (laughs) fast because I was like, what is this? You had
0: very long hair, too. Now you have very short hair. When did they make you cut your hair or did they make you or you just decided to do it?
1: Uh, it was. A, I, 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 they had wanted to do it at Bloomberg for a while. We got new management that finally let us do it, but my hair was the whole drama for, like, a while. But anyway, <laughs> joys of TV. Uh, so I was getting a little bored of the street, and I was like, what if I try producing, because that seems more like directing, and I might like that. And our boss at the time uh, said, um, you can do that. Uh, you, guys, you guys on camera at the time were having a media trainer come in, and I was like, cool, can I sit in on the training so I can – be more of a producer and he's like, sure. But then you have to take the training yourself. I was like, uh, fine, whatever. So I did that. They had me on camera doing stuff. I, they liked me. I really couldn't tell you why, but they liked me. The CEO at the time, what he saw and they forced me to then start doing these um, market update reports of which I knew absolutely nothing about. I had never been a reporter, didn't even truly understand what a stock was. And I was here, like, you know, doing these market reports and stuff. I kind of fudged my way through that for a while and was like, this really sucks. I don't know if I like it. Um, and then we got a new boss who, after about six months, he and I really clicked and got along quite well. And he really helped me, like, learn how to tell stories better. Uh, he was really good at helping me frame what I like to do. And I started to get more creative and that was super fun. I really got into that. Um, and around that time I had also applied to graduate school for theater and I had, I got in somewhere that I wanted to go. It was not inexpensive. It was expensive and there weren't offering a lot of aid. So it would have been a lot of debt to take on. And I was, I don't know. 24, 25, something like that. And at the same time, uh, our boss at the, at the street offered me a three year contract to be like a full time reporter. Like, all right, come on, let's do this. So I really vacillated for a while. It was a really difficult time. Uh, and finally, I said, you know what, I'll take the contract. On camera, you don't have a really long lifespan necessarily. So I'll just do it. If it doesn't work out. No problem. I can to grad school. And that was uh, September of 08. And then, no, August of 08. And then Lehman collapsed like six weeks later. So that was like by far the best decision I've ever made in my entire life because I would have been, you know, 2011, 2012, almost $200,000 in debt and a theater director. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which and, and, and when that happened, that collapse and the whole financial market um, debacle in 2008, 2009. And I think in some ways we got busier than ever. It was like yeah. a great time to be working in finance news because that's what everybody needed. Yeah. I didn't know anything that I was talking about yet.
1: So I, mean, <laughs> you I was kind of like in it and then I just kind of made some stuff up and then I learned a little bit. And then I was fortunate to work with some amazing people, yourself included at the street who I asked really dumb questions to, who were very patient with me. And I slowly learned, I read a lot. They gave me the commodity beat. Well, it was mostly gold, and then I broadened out, and I started to write more, and then I started to do more of that. And from that there, I started to get, get really interested in this world of finance, and I got smarter faster. And then I kind of like fell in love with it,
0: of all things.
1: That's um, so crazy.
0: I don't think I could ever say I fell. I would like I fell in love with commodities or gold, even though. Oh my I covered, god, I love it. But you definitely covered <laughs> it on a different scale than all of us.
1: And now it's like my thing. I like live and breathe it. I get so excited when I get to talk about it. And uh, that's what kind of propelled me to Bloomberg. I felt like I had sort of maxed out the street a little bit. I pushed myself as far as I could. And so I needed a new challenge. And that's how I wound up at Bloomberg. And um, I'm a pretty big nerd. And I like nerdy things. And I love talking about commodities. And I like learning stuff. And eventually that led me to the shows that I'm doing now um, the four to five show in particular, called What'd You Miss, watch it every day, uh, on Bloomberg, which is very much like the quirky nerdy market stuff that is actually really important that no one really talks about and that's like my bread and butter that's what I love and that's what I feel like I've been reading for the last eight years
0: your co-host
1: so, is quite the kooky guy too right yeah there's two of us actually so uh Scarlett Fu uh, and I we we anchor 12 to 2 and then she's also on four to five and then Joe Weisenthal Joe he used to be uh, mm-hmm. a Bloomberg insider and now he runs a uh, Bloomberg markets Dot com and he's kind of the same like we're equally as nerdy like my most favorite thing I talked about was uh, looking at uh, Rhine River Valley water levels and what that means for diesel inventories like I loved it it was amazing it was so fun and he's like wow that was really nerdy
0: <laughs> sorry I just fell asleep for a second there. I know sorry. that was so amazing. <laughs> Oh my God, Alex. What is, where is Alex and what have you done with her? No, I'm kidding. I know it. No, it's definitely
1: no. So if you had told me this was mm-hmm. going to be my career path, you know, 15 years ago when I graduated college, I would have told you you were crazy town. Um, you
0: have a definitely like a fun, wild, kooky side too. Like, you know, the Alex Steele on Bloomberg is very, you know, Alex Steele on Bloomberg, but you're like one of the funnest people I know. And I think. Uh, that's for me, that's like really cool to experience and see. Not many people know who's behind, who's the real Alex Steele. Well, if you tend to watch more Bloomberg TV,
1: I'm letting that side out more and more and oh, more. Oh, good, good, so, good, good. So good, get good, prepared. Good. Uh, there's oh, lots Lord. of Star Wars talk, there's lots of Settlers of Catan talk, there's lots of Game of Thrones. Like, I definitely not let my nerd flag
0: fly. All right. (laughs) Um, I remember too, you telling me a story when we were, uh, both youngsters at the street about how you, and I interviewed you for my first book as a result of it, because you were able to get out of debt on your own by sticking to cash. You had a very strict regiment about just how you saved and you were very consistent with it. Can you tell us about that? Like how much debt, I forget how much debt you were in and how you did it. Yeah. So, um,
1: I think I was in about $15,000 of debt while I was, by the time I was 23 by just making really poor choices, um, you know, not living within your means, not keeping track of what you're spending. So all of a sudden you get a bill and it's like $1,000. I remember working at this law firm where I was, must have been like 24 years old getting my Amex bill and it was like over $1,000 and I burst into tears. And I was like, how did this happen? I can't afford to pay this. Call my dad he helped me out. I mean, yeah, he helped me out. And then I just was like, I have to fix my life. So I was on a very strict budget. I was living on $10 a day, $30 a day in New York, in New York, uh, $30 on Saturday, $30 on Sunday. And I was so regimented to the point where like, if I spent $8 on Tuesday, I could spend $12 on Wednesday. And I really stuck to it.
0: Um, what were your friends thinking? Like you must've been a little boring to be around. Sorry.
1: No, not at all. Well, no, because then, <laughs> th- then I'd save. So if I was able to just like eat a bagel five days a week, then all of a sudden on a Saturday night, I had like 50 bucks to spend. No big deal. Right. Um, so I basically wound up uh, living within my means. And then if any other money showed up in my life, I would split it three ways. I would split a third of it would go to savings. A third of it would go to paid debt. And a third of it I could spend on anything I wanted immediately. And it was a painstakingly slow process, but like, you know, year after year, bonus after bonus, raise after raise, I was finally able to start making a dent in it. And then I could up my $10 to $15 and my $30 to $40. And I was able to sort of move my way up. But I think that was like two years I was living on that kind of like strict budget from hell. It was really, really, really hard. Um, but changed my life. It changed my life. It was the best thing I could have done for myself by far. And just the idea of like paying yourself and also paying the credit card company and it shouldn't all go to the credit card company was a
0: huge game changer for me. And for two years, that's quite the habit that you adopt. And I suspect that even when that credit card debt was gone, there was some residual benefit of having gone through that experience for two Mm -hmm. consecutive years every day.
1: Yeah. And and I do it now too. I mean, I don't have something as strict, but I have a budget that I wrote for my husband and I (laughs) on a pen and paper. And I was like, you know, this is what you get every week to spend on whatever you want. And this is how much I'm spending on lunch. And this is how much you spend on lunch. And this is how much we get to spend on our daughter when we need extra costs. And it's all broken down and itemized and I'm a little bit more flexible because we have more discretionary spending, uh, but I try to keep to that. So at least I know like I'm comfortable spending this much money and this is how we're going to keep it that way. And if something happens then we have a reserve fund or we can rethink it, but I do it today with just with bigger numbers.
0: (laughs) So what would you say is your financial philosophy? We're we're creeping into the so money questions now.
1: Live within your means. Live within your means. That is by far the best thing I've ever done. And we don't have any debt now. We have a mortgage, so obviously we have that debt. But in terms of credit card debt or any other kind of debt, we don't hold it. We don't have it. We're not carrying it. Um, so for me, it's living within my means, and it's saving. Uh, so I take my 401k at Bloomberg very seriously. We have a financial planner, even though we don't make a ton of money where that makes 100 percent sense. But that helps me feel like we're going towards something. Um, college fund for my daughter, like just making sure there are all these places where money is socked away that I can't touch them. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, yeah. I have a financial planner and sometimes I wonder if I should just do it on my own or go with these robo advisors. And, and there are a lot of other valid ways to manage your money. I'm not saying you have to go with a financial planner, but I'm like you. I like the idea of having this third party that's Got our backs in, in some ways Beyond mm-hmm. just like, here's where You should, here's the index fund that I recommend You know, she's telling us Where our insurance gaps are She's making sure that we are fulfilling All of our other savings goals too Like the 529 and You're right. um, Manages the brokerage account So, I don't know, I just, she sent me cookies today So there's that too <laughs> Oh, that's so sweet <laughs> My- Yeah, but I
1: feel the same way, they look out for you Like, hey, look, you just got a raise at Bloomberg So, look you can actually up your life insurance policy. Let mm-hmm. me tell you you know what it is. And like, what I like about him, too, is that he plays it straight. He's like, you could get this amount, or you could get a little lower, save some money, and maybe you should do that, and that's okay. Like, yes. he's not, I don't feel like they're trying to, like, rob us or anything. He's not a product feel, guy. Yeah. So I feel like there's someone who looks out for me, and we're at a place now where we can do that, and that's great. So those things I take, like, really seriously.
0: When you were growing up in New York City, oh, man, there's you, you're a rare breathe i don't meet a lot of uh, born and raised and currently living in new york city uh people and i think that's very special tell me a little bit about your exposure to money growing up as a child on the upper west side was it yeah upper west
1: side of manhattan um both my parents worked. My dad was a stay at home dad, but he also had his own business that he worked out from home, and my mom had the office job. Um my mom was the breadwinner of the family, so that was something that I grew up with, which was really cool. My parents worked really hard. We also spent a lot of money, so I didn't really see them save a lot. It was more like, yeah, we can spend. here's the credit card." So that was one dynamic that I kind of started that I kind of learned, which is I think, one of the reasons why it was easy for me to do the same thing. Um, the other one was I started working in a French restaurant when I was fourteen, so I actually made a lot of money by the time I was like twenty-two. I had like fifteen thousand dollars in cash, like what? sitting sitting in like my parents' bedroom, um, which, <laughs> which makes the which makes the fact that I got into debt fifteen thousand dollars in debt all the more impressive. Yeah, I because blew you through have... like thirty grand, right? In like I'm a couple not doing math.
0: Also, don't put your money in your parents' closet. That's not a good idea. (laughs)
1: Um so I also had a really good relationship cuz I worked hard for my money and I made it and it was really great for me to see how that worked at like a, such a young age and it was substantial cash it wasn't like babysitting money i mean i was working at a really nice restaurant and i could bring home 100 to 300 dollars a night depending on the night and that was great
0: why didn't you spend that money i mean maybe you did and there was still a lot left over but that's that seems like you were saving it for something
1: i didn't know how to spend it i guess it was hard for me to like part with it because then it was gone, but I didn't know what I was saving it for either. Cause I wasn't putting it in like a bank, you know? So it was just more like, it's going to be there. And then if I need it, it's there. Um, so I just took it to one extreme. It's like, I wouldn't touch it. And then, you know, three years later I spent it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was no happy median. Um, so I had a very, weird relationship with money. I don't feel like I ever learned about money. It was kind of like, spend it all or save it all. There was no middle ground for me.
0: What would you say is your biggest money failure? Other than, of course, the bit of debt that you stumbled upon and that you entered in when you were in your early 20s. But was there ever anything else that you look back and you're like, "Mm, that was... That was pretty bad, but also made me good because it taught you a huge lesson about how to not spend your money or how not manage your money.
1: I mean, quite frankly, it's really getting into that massive debt. Like it was the dumbest thing ever. I mean, I moved from an apartment, moving into my own apartment uh, when I moved to New York was obviously expensive. So that helped blow through a lot. Um And then I moved again a year later and that also helped blow through the rest. But like, did I need that really nice side table from Ikea? No. Like, did I need that armoire that cost $1,000? Absolutely not. Like, making those like impulse purchases, although they felt great because I was like buying my own stuff, like haunted me down the road. I mean, really poor decisions. And I remember I was living with a friend of mine in Hell's Kitchen and she was in grad school and she was debating how much to take out for her next student loan. And I was like, take the max. Who cares? It's a low interest rate. It's all good. And that's probably my worst financial mistake because now she's still paying it off. And I think she Ooh. hates me for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is she really? Or you're no. just saying that? Okay. <laughs> uh,
1: she remembers the moment. She secretly wants she, you dead. She remembers the moment <laughs> for sure. Um, so I think it was just like not, it was it, it was that debt. It was a debt. Because of that though, I will never Ever, ever go into debt. I pay 99% of everything that I buy with cash or with my debit card. And the only reason why I have a credit card is because my husband made me have one. And because he was like, we can use miles. Use it. And we use that for like big purchases or like dinners. And we always pay it off every month. If not, I get like hives. I can't handle it.
0: Do you know how your credit score is? Uh, Has it been impacted by your lack of credit card use?
1: Um. I don't think so. I don't remember what it is. It was fine when we got our mortgage. Okay. We we had a really nice high credit score. I mean, because I used that credit card, he just had to, had to
0: make me do it. Yeah. And you (laughs) had your student loans. So there's that too. Yeah. Okay. So your so money moment, Alex, what like a time in your life where you just felt like you had achieved a, a really impressive level of financial success. And it was thanks to your hard work. When was it? Where were you? What happened?
1: Two things. Um, The real So Money moment was when I got hired at Bloomberg. And I I got a huge raise in my whole life. I never thought I'd make over more than like $50,000 or something. Like I never thought I was in a career where that would happen. And I remember where I got a call from my agent and I had uh, had some numbers in my head of what they would offer me. And what he told me like blew my mind.
0: Oh my God. Uh, when was this?
1: Um, this was three and a half years ago. Oh,
0: three and a half years ago. Okay.
1: Oh, almost. Oh, oh, I don't know. Almost four years ago. Um, And I felt like, wow. Okay. You're okay now. Like, and by the way, let me just qualify this. It's not like I'm making a million dollars. Like this is, <laughs> this is probably like the starting salary for a uh, junior partner, like Goldman. But like for me, it Like, that was it. Like, I was okay. Like, I could afford my life. I Well, yeah, you were used things. to living
0: on $10 a day. If, you know, you could go, you're like, because I think that is an amazing thing to go through because you know that at the end of the day, if push comes to shove and you, and like,
1: mm-hmm. the world is ending,
0: you're like, I can do $10 a day. I've I done do it. it before.
1: Uh, yeah, I'll probably be a little fatter because I'll probably eat bagels all the time. And now I'm not <laughs> 22 anymore, but still. Um yeah. So that moment, cause I was like, I- I'm going to be okay. Like it's only going to go up from here. And I remember a principle that someone talked to me about in terms of money was like, you'll always, you can always find money. Like there's always money. And then it'll just like, it'll come to you. If you just stick to your goals, like it'll come to you. And it always happened that way. And it finally like happened again. And that was like the moment for me. Yeah. Obviously the great moment when I paid off my last credit card and my student debt, but I remember that moment less cause it was like a rolling thing. Like, one month, this was finally done. Seven months later, this was done. So I don't remember, like, the moment. Um, But I remember getting that call from my agent. Where were you?
0: And were you with anyone? Were you, like, screaming? Well, well, I was was at the street still. And
1: uh, I I hadn't given my notice because I hadn't gotten the contract yet. It was a Friday. And I went into a conference room and he's like, All right, you know, we got the offer. So are you ready for this? I'm like, Yeah, all right. And he's like, Okay, here are the numbers. And I'm like, What? What are you saying? What are you saying? And then I called my husband and then I called my mom.
0: Oh, that's so great. Oh my gosh. Um, I was with Jim Kramer a couple of weeks ago interviewing him and this was before we were recording, but I was just telling him, we were talking about, I was bragging about you and he knows how well you're doing. He he mentioned you and he's just so proud of us and I, I have to give credit for that place for really grooming us to mm-hmm. be Um, you know, it was a place where you could fail and no one really noticed, you know, you could have a bad day and it wouldn't be like on CNBC, you know, because while we had a big audience and a very devoted audience, it was still the internet. And this was still back when, like, I think when I, my, one of my first days at the street, YouTube IPO'd. (laughs) So that's how new this concept of you know viral video was and it was a pleasure to work there because they gave us some serious assignments but we were able to do it without really feeling like we were in the pressure cooker 100
1: percent, 100 it was a great i would not trade that experience for anything i, yeah. I was there for five years for a reason like it was a good mm-hmm. and it helped me i mean it helped me Absolutely. my career helped me get out of debt like i was able to manage my life it was great
0: Yeah, and I think his only regret was, you know, us leaving. I mean, I was laid off. (laughs) Do you remember that day? Oh yeah! Well, come You're on, the, you remember that.
1: But you were like half out the door anyway. You, I know. You, 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 well, you, were, you were on your own.
0: It's but you know you just you want to go on your own terms. That's always like a pride yes. thing. But um, but uh, where were we? Oh yes. Okay. So very so money. I would say. And I know your agent because um, well, he's my agent. <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure. <laughs> Full disclosure. Um, but uh, good for you. Well deserved. What's a What's a habit that you practice? You had mentioned when it comes to money that. Helps you with your finances. I love this little anecdote of you sharing with your husband your kind of personal weekly allowances. That's a good habit. What's another?
1: Um, Honestly, that's kind of it. So, this is how it goes. Like on my phone, in my notes, I keep a list and I do a weekly budget from Monday to Sundays. And I just, I literally record all our expenses. And it's kind of like a weird, fun, kind of obsessive compulsive quirk that I have. And I write it all down. And then if we go over, I subtract it from the next week. If we're under, I add that to the next week. And like I check in with Craig and I'm like, hey, we're buying this. This is on your budget. He's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> taking it from your cookie jar. Fine. And then like but that like helps like keep me sane. That's definitely one of them. And then the other one is I really truly try to just uh just stay in cash. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I can't and sometimes I do the debit card, but like that's it. I try and just do cash. So I have very aware of like how much I'm spending when for sure.
0: Do you have accounts for vacations and big ticket things like, um, let's say you guys are going to be saving up for a car next year or something like that. How do you, how would you go about tweaking your financial spending to meet those bigger goals?
1: So, uh, every paycheck I put away a substantial portion into our savings account. And that's different from like my 401k and all that jazz. So when that builds up, builds up a certain amount, like it has to be over a certain number for us to then feel like it's discretionary. So like, I have to have like at least like three to six months of salary covered for me in case I get fired. Cause I work in TV and that happens. Um, Craig, my husband has about probably nine months, like saved up with that number, anything over that, christmases blah, blah blah okay then we putting away to the um our financial advisor giving money away for dylan's college fund okay fine and then the rest of it then it's like oh we got five thousand extra dollars great vacation or hey here's 10 let's buy a car like and then that's how we would do it it's more like the money comes first and then the purchase comes after um same thing with a vacation which we won't do because we have a baby but If we did take a vacation, I'd look at the numbers and say, okay, I feel comfortable spending this much. And then we'd sort of deal, find the way to find the right vacation for that number.
0: Uh, I like how you said you're, well, I don't know if I like how you said you aren't taking a vacation because you have a baby because you can definitely get away, but it's not going to be relaxing.
1: No, well, uh, Craig, my husband's mom has a house in Massachusetts, so we'll just go there instead. So we actually save a lot of money and we don't have to worry about the travel as much. So that's
0: the thing. Do you and Craig have any shared accounts? All of our money shared. Okay.
1: All right. Yeah. We did that about like two years ago. It felt like that moment. I was like, wow, we're, we're really married now. Wow. Like, <laughs> we've been married for five years. We have a house together. We're both in the mortgage. But the moment where we like joined our money, I was like, ah. Wow.
0: I, have, <laughs> I don't have, I have a shared account with Tim, but it's really more for like, just goals. It's not Mm -hmm. where we're, you know, we're going into that account every day and, and um, paying for things, but um, things to work towards perhaps. Well, also it was different for us because my
1: husband's older. So he came to the relationship with a lot more money than I did. Uh, But then I now have the bigger salary. So it just, it, for me, it really needed to feel equal Mm -hmm. when I was making less than he was. And I didn't have as much to the table. So now that we're sort of joint, it feels like, all right, now it's done equal.
0: All right, Alex, we're recording this after our babies are asleep. And I know personally, um, it'd be nice to just, you know, go to bed soon. Because <laughs> I, Honestly, I don't know what your curfew is, but these days I'm going to bed like sooner and sooner. But I, I don't want to go without having to ask you without asking you some um, fill in the blank questions. Mm-hmm. This is my lightning round like Kramer has on Mad Money, but different. So I start a sentence and you finish it. First thing that comes to mind is... If I won the lottery tomorrow, let's say you and Craig won the Mega Power Lottery, whatever the hell it's called, hundred million dollars. First thing I would do is buy a duplex in the Upper West Side. Excellent. <laughs> oh my gosh, isn't that lovely? Wouldn't mm-hmm. that be great? Amazing. With a garage. Totally. Okay. A car. All right. I'm just I'm I'm adding to your your vision. Um, the one thing I spend on that makes my life easier or better is.
1: My nanny.
0: Yes. (laughs) Has she been with you since Dylan was born? Uh, Five weeks old, yeah. Yeah. Mine was with us three weeks. That's pretty early, but we were home. Like, I just needed someone so I could go take showers and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, no. Cannot live without her. It's wonderful. (laughs) Um, My biggest splurge that I spend on that I wouldn't have it any other way is...
1: My manicure and back massage. My 30-minute back massage and my manicure every week.
0: Excellent. Must on, have. Is that on Saturdays after your long nap in the morning?
1: Yes, of course. I have a long nap. I get my nails done. I have cocktails. Sure, you know. Excellent. <laughs> no, never. Really. Why am I not hanging
0: out with you more? I need, <laughs> I need, I need some of you to rub off. <laughs> um, okay, so here's another. One thing I wish I had learned about money growing up is? How not to spend it. Mm-hmm. Well, you were spending your 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 waitress income, your fifteen thousand.
1: Yeah, no, that's true. Isn't that crazy? It's like that's, a crazy number. That's
0: amazing. That's a certain p- kind of person who, who does that. That's
1: uh. Maybe the better thing is I, I should have learned how to spend that money in like a normal, reasonable way, <laughs> not
0: on just IKEA junk. <laughs> yeah, I know it times two. You ended up with spending like thirty grand. Um, and when I donate, I like to give to blank because.
1: <sighs> hmm. Yeah. I... I like to give to charities that my friends are involved in, like if they're doing a run or something, because then I feel like it's more personable. Mm -hmm. But I have to be honest, my husband's the big giver, and he gives to animal shelters and animal stuff. Mm -hmm. He's a huge animal lover, so he does a lot of that. Do you have pets? Uh, Long story, three cats. Now it's one, because I happen to be allergic to cats. Didn't know it. Happened when I was pregnant. Oh, man. Had to give two of my cats away to my parents. It's a whole whole cat situation.
0: (laughs) All right. And so this is the kicker. I'm Alex Steele. I'm so money because. I live within my means you, and I love it. I love. <laughs> I can't wait to hang out again. When can we make this happen? Uh, we need a play date once they kick that morning nap. It definitely should happen. Yeah, for sure. OK, well, wonderful to catch up with you. Go catch some Z's. I know you have an early rise and um wishing you continued success alex i'm so happy and excited for you thank you for gracing the show with your presence Learn so much you're a straight shooter you're like i'm this is it we're spending this and no more and you make it seem so easy i really was enlightened during this this interview
1: well thank you it's not easy but you know now it's like second nature thank you you're welcome you're, you're awesome thank
0: you for the chat Thanks so much to my guest, Alex Steele. She's phenomenal. Check her out on Bloomberg TV. And if you'd like to catch the transcript to this interview, as well as the comments from this and all previous episodes, head over to somoneypodcast.com. There you can also ask me a question. Click on Ask Farnoosh every Friday. I answer your money questions. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. Tomorrow is Ask Farnoosh time, so get those questions in. Hope your day is so money.